Hello, and welcome to episode seven of the Craft and Cluster podcast, a show all about marketing your wine brand in the digital age. I'm your host, Heather Danitz, a photographer and social media consultant based in Santa Barbara Wine Country. I help wineries tell the true stories of how they get their wine from grape to glass. Today's episode is very special, as I'm currently celebrating my two-year anniversary of being in business. So I thought it'd be fun to take questions from you on Instagram about what I've learned in the last two years of running a wine photography and social media marketing business. All right, let's get into these questions. So the first question is, what is your why? I love this question as the answer is what guides everything I do in this business. I love the wine industry and particularly love small wine brands who I believe are the heart and soul of the industry. But the trouble I've encountered is that many of these wineries struggle with marketing their wine online, and they find it difficult to find a photographer that understands their exact needs. So that's why I started Craft & Cluster, because I think that effective marketing strategies and awesome photos that tell a story shouldn't be limited to big wine brands with gigantic marketing budgets. I think that small wine brands, particularly brands owned and operated by traditionally marginalized communities, are going to be the saving grace of this industry. So my why, in short, is to help these small wine producers market the hell out of their wine so that they succeed. The next question is, What were your biggest wins and lessons learned in these two years? This is also a great question, and it's something I do my best to track because I think that making mistakes and tracking successes is one of the best ways to learn and grow. I would say that the biggest lesson I've learned in these last two years is that I'm not a good fit for every client, and that's okay. When I first started this business, I was desperate for work, and so I would say yes to everything, but I learned the hard way that not every client is a good fit for me and vice versa. Of course, I'm very professional and I serve all of my clients to the best of my ability, but if I'm not a good fit for someone, it often shows in my work and that's not fair to them or to me. So now I'm much better at identifying when I'm not going to be able to do my best work for a brand, be that because I don't yet have the skill to deliver what they need or because we just don't have good chemistry. If that happens, then I will always refer them to someone else who will be able to fulfill their needs better than I can. Related to this actually is what I consider one of my biggest wins though which is that I have several repeat clients. I take it as a huge compliment that I have many clients who work with me on a recurring basis because that means I have served them so well that they can't imagine working with someone else. In short, by understanding who I'm going to be a good fit for, I have been able to say no to certain projects so that I can open myself up to working with clients that I can serve so well that they stick with me. And that I think is something to be extremely proud of. The next question is, how are you setting goals for the future of craft and cluster? Okay. 
So first, I like to think about the life I want my husband and I to have. So I like to think about our long-term goals as well as how we want to live our lives day to day. And then I next look at the goals I want to set to help me uphold my personal values. And finally, I think about how I can support those goals with the craft and cluster business while still being true to my why of helping as many small wine brands market themselves successfully as I possibly can. And then putting all those things together, I figure that craft and cluster would need to make about $200,000 in revenue by the end of 2021. This is a pretty ambitious goal. It's literally quadruple my revenue in 2020, but I know that $200,000 will help my husband and I buy our dream house. It will allow him to pursue a career that lights him up. It will allow me to hire a full-time assistant to take some of the workload off my shoulders so that I can live the life I want to live. And most importantly, it will help me reach my goal in donating $10,000 to the Cal Poly Scholarship for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color in Wine and Viticulture. Going back to how my why guides everything that I do in this business, it's important to me that we increase representation in the wine industry. And this is one of the most direct means I can think of to accomplish that. So if I can help fund a student's dream of entering this industry so that they don't have to worry about going into debt, then I'll be happy as a clam. (laughs) I'm still paying off student loans myself. uh, So the $200,000 will also help to pay those off. So yes, I set my craft and cluster business goals by first identifying what my personal goals are and my value goals are, and then figuring out exactly what I need to do in the business to support reaching those goals. Okay. So the next question is, what would you do different business strategy wise? (laughs) Um, I would have written a strategy down. When I first started Craft and Cluster, I had never run my own business before, so I really didn't know how or why I should make a business or marketing strategy. I generally knew that I had to do certain things if I was going to see results, but without writing it down, I really had no way to track my success. I mean, in short, I just didn't have any accountability. So it took me about six months I would say to start writing out and implementing a marketing strategy. But as soon as I did that, I started seeing bigger growth, not only in the work I was doing for myself, but also in the work I was doing for my clients. There is power in writing a strategy down. That's why the second episode of this podcast is all about how to create a marketing strategy and why Chelsea and I included a printable freebie to help get you started with it. So yeah, in short, I would have written a strategy down, uh, something that is on the horizon for me though, uh, in the next few months is like finally writing down my SOPs, uh, which are my standard operating procedures. So that will be, yeah, that'll be something that's on the horizon. (laughs) Okay. So the next question is how long did it take you to get confident tooting your own horn? Okay. So 
I don't know that I'm fully confident in tooting my own horn yet, but I'm definitely finding it less uncomfortable these days to share and celebrate my wins with the world. I hired a business and mindset coach last year who has been absolutely instrumental in me gaining confidence in myself and my ability to run a successful business. He's helped give me the tools to combat imposter syndrome, which tends to creep up. Uh, And a lot of that has involved reminding me that I have nothing to prove, that I am enough, and that I am here to serve. And also, I think there's something to be said about celebrating wins publicly to help encourage more diverse representation in the wine industry. There's a beautiful line in the movie Bottle Shock that I think perfectly sums this up. The character Jim Barrett says to Steven Spurrier, if one of us succeeds, we all succeed. And as romanticized as that film is, and as terrible as Chris Pine's wig is in that film, I think that there is real wisdom in that line. If tooting my own horn every once in a while means that I've given some young woman out there the motivation she needs to finally do the thing that lights her up, then that would be pretty great. So if I succeed and share that success, there is a higher chance of someone else succeeding. Okay, so the next question is, when you wear all the hats, how do you plan for growth and not let the day-to-day bog you down? (laughs) This is a great question, and it's something I'm still figuring out, to be perfectly honest. But again, I think a good place to start is by writing down how you want your life to look, how your business can support that and then writing down a marketing strategy that helps meet those personal and professional goals. Uh, I do have a terrible habit of work procrastinating, which is (laughs) doing busy work instead of the work that will actually move the needle forward. And I think a lot of people are guilty of this as well. But I did just start reading Donald Miller's latest book, which is called Business Made Simple. And there is a part in it where he is talking about how to schedule your day so that you don't work procrastinate and you're instead getting the important things done. So I'll be implementing what he teaches very soon. Um, I have already hired a very part-time personal assistant to help take care of the work that needs to get done, but that I don't necessarily need to be the one who does it. Uh, but I would like to hire a second assistant or have my current assistant take on more of my daily tasks if she can, so that I can focus on the big picture stuff and the stuff that lights me up, like photography and doing this podcast. The next question is, what sort of support system have you built around yourself for when times get tough and how does it help you? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you asked this. I personally have a very healthy support system that consists of my sister, my parents, my husband, and a group of amazing friends who I lovingly referred to as my brain trust. And as I talked about earlier, last year I did hire a business and mindset coach who has been invaluable to me. 
But I think that the most important thing to note here is that I've only recently begun learning how to ask my support group for help. It's something I think that women find especially challenging because we are often expected to just have it all together. Uh, So I think that's some unsolicited advice for you is to learn how to ask for help, not only when you need it, but also before you need it, especially before you need it. Okay, the last question is, how do you overcome artistic blocks? So this is another thing that I'm still learning how to do, but my friend Nathaniel recently told me about an interview where author John Green was asked about writer's block and how to overcome it. And what he said was, I think, really interesting um, and kind of gave me a new perspective on writer's block. He said, my father once told me coal miners don't get coal miners block meaning that if you have a job to do, you just do it and keep pushing. And the way that I interpret this is to work on your craft every single day and you won't get creative block. I definitely notice that when I'm able to get out and photograph every day or most every day, I'm much more energized and creative in what I do. But when I haven't had a chance to photograph in a while, it tends to be a struggle to think of new ideas. So yeah, practice your craft every day. (laughs) I also find that asking for questions from my audience on Instagram is extremely helpful in overcoming creative block. So take this episode, for example, I was struggling on how to present this episode and so turned to my audience on Instagram for specific questions I could answer uh, in place of just writing things out and talking. Some of these questions have even spawned ideas for future episodes of the podcast, so thank you. Okay, so in summary... The way that I've run this business in the last two years has evolved as I've gained deeper insights and understandings of the needs of my clients and as I've evolved as a person. So now that I have a strategy and goals in place and most importantly written down, I have a clear picture of how I can grow this business in the next few years. And because this isn't a proper episode of the Craft and Cluster podcast without me giving you a plan and calling you to action, here is how you can use what you learned in this episode to grow your own wine brand. One, write down your why, commit it to memory, and let that guide everything you do in your business. Two, identify your ideal customer and strive to serve the hell out of them so that they come back again and again. Three, identify your personal goals and then figure out how your business endeavors can support reaching those personal goals. Four, write your strategy down and look at it every single day. Go back and listen to episode two of the podcast if you need help with this. Five, toot your own horn for the good of the community. Six, learn how to ask for help when you need it, and especially before you need it. And seven, work at your craft every single day, and when in doubt, crowdsource. All right, that's it for episode seven of the Craft and Cluster podcast. 
If you found this episode super valuable, be sure to rate and review it and spread the love by screenshotting, sharing, and tagging at craft and cluster on Instagram. And to make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. I'll see you next Monday. Bye. Hey there, you just listened to the Craft and Cluster podcast, a production of Craft and Cluster owned exclusively by me, Heather Danitz. The opinions and statements in this show are those of me and any guests that appeared on the Craft and Cluster podcast and are for entertainment purposes only. I cannot guarantee any particular result or return on investment based on any statement from this show. But what I can guarantee is my extreme psychitude that you are still listening to this even though the episode has ended and this is clearly a disclaimer. You are super dedicated. I like that about you.